Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, Cal Hall of Famer, and 11-year pro, not to mention radio analyst for the California Golden Bears. Today, we are going to talk about that Sac State game that happened this last weekend. We're going to take a look ahead and preview University of Washington. And we're going to talk about what's going on in the Bears' defense, on the Bears' offense, and kind of get into it with Coach Wilcox. I'm also going to have a film breakdown for those of you that are watching this podcast on video. You're going to get a film breakdown of kind of what went on during that game on Saturday, some of the mistakes, some of the good things. And we're going to talk about quarterback play, as always, as a quarterback. I love talking about quarterback play. So that's coming up on the Ultimate Insider. First, let's get to kind of a overall review of that Sac State game last week. We knew coming in, I had Troy Taylor on my podcast last week, that Sac State was a well-coached football team with some talented players. Remember, this team challenged they won the big sky and they challenged uh they were they went into the playoffs for the first time in years at the fcs level troy taylor got national coach of the year for that effort at sac state and so you knew that they had good scheme good coaching and good players coming into this game so i don't want to take anything away from sac state it's a very good football team they are going to make a lot of noise both in the big sky and i think in the fcs playoff picture this year after watching that game watching film on sac state Uh, I think they have a lot of room for really uh, having a successful season. So not to take anything away from them. However, um, when an FCS team plays an FBS team, you would think that size, speed, and depth are going to be things that come into play. Uh, And they should be things that come into play because you have more dollars into the program. You have more um, opportunity for recruiting into the program. There's just kind of a lot of things that give FBS the edge in that matchup. And so, you would expect kind of blowout games when you get these games. Sac State held their own, great offensive output, and did an excellent job moving the ball, scoring the ball. And so let's talk about that on the defensive side of the ball. Games like this are an opportunity for coaches to do what I call channeling their inner Nick Saban, right? You get to kind of get on your team in a win, right? You never look down your nose at a win, because wins are hard to come by no matter what level you're playing at. However, uh, a win like this, you get an opportunity to kind of get on your team and re-establish the fact that good enough to win isn't good enough. You have to be on the top of your game. You have to be focused, dialed in on every single play. You have to be playing every single play at your maximum output. I had a former head coach, Mike Daly, who one of my favorite coaches of all time in the arena football league. And he used to have a saying that, you know, if you have, say your average player rates out at like a six or a seven, that dude has to play at a six or a seven on every single play. And if you're not doing that, then you're causing problems for your team. Now, you know, a guy who's a nine can maybe play down at an eight and still be great. But that six or seven, which is the majority of the team has to play at that level every single play or else the opposing team is going to find you. And nowadays, with the parity in college football, the transfer portal, players being more mobile in terms of going from program to program to get playing time, the teams that you're playing at this FCF's level are a lot more talented than they used to be even you know six years ago. And so you're getting some really good teams at that level. The, the FBS players have to play at that you know, power five level on every single snap. What was happening with Cal's defense? Well, there was a couple things going on. And we saw it kind of show itself initially in that Nevada game in that 
the corners on the outside, when they got soloed up in man coverage, um, didn't look confident. Were, they would be in position, but they weren't playing the ball when it was in the air. And that happened against TCU again. And then now this game against Sac State, we saw that again. Sac State able to complete balls over the top. And I'm going to show you a video clip of this coming up if you are watching this on video. Um, for those of you who are listening to this, uh, take a look at the video. You'll see what I'm talking about. A lot of scheme, a lot of X's and O's in there. But if you're in position, you've got to play that ball when it's in the air. You've got to look back. It's a huge confidence thing. I talked to Coach Will Wilcox about this uh, coming up. We'll take a look at that. But it's such a it's such an ethereal thing that, that to have that confidence to play at that high level because it comes from success and that success has to happen from doing it in practice and then carrying that practice into play in the games. And if you are, if you're feeling anxious, if you're worried about being beat, if you're, if you're, especially as a corner, which is a position that you have to be probably maybe the most confident on the field because guys are coming at you all the time, trying to beat you all the time. You have to be able to play at that super high level of confidence all the time to play your technique and to be on your game every single snap. And Bears secondary, I think right now, and watching film, it, it shows itself, isn't playing at that level because they've been beat over the top a couple times. And then when they've been in position, and they have been in position to make plays, they haven't made a play on the ball. So that shows up on film. Then once you get beat over the top... Now that presents the opportunity to also throw what's called the back shoulder throw or the, the throw behind. And so at that corner position, boy, it is such a fine skill to be in the right position at the right time in just the perfect order to be able to feel that receiver slowing down for a throw behind and then make a play on that football. As a quarterback, I always felt that if you have a receiver who can make a catch on a throw behind and a guy who's got the speed to beat somebody on a go, you have the ultimate weapon because you cannot as a corner be running full speed and cover both that deep ball over the top and the throw behind. It's, it's, it's really, really difficult to do. And so I'm, I'm not trying to be hard on the corners. I know how difficult the job that is, but you have to make some of those plays. And then lastly, you can't get the pass interference when that happens. You can't grab somebody you can't do any of that. You just have to make a play on that football. And so that comes with repetition. That comes with trusting yourself that you are in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing to make that happen. So that's the first one. We'll take a look at that. The second one was that Sac State and Troy Taylor did a fantastic job of using what uh, a lot of defenses call a climb route. And that is a route starting from the opposite side of the ball going behind the linebackers, climbing to about 20 to 22 yards of depth uh, as they hit the far hash, the far sideline. And so that's right in that no man's land underneath a you know, post safety, what they call a single safety, or underneath a cover two safety as he comes across. That's right through the linebacker's hook zone. And Cal has a couple of young linebackers out there uh, playing in Oladejo and uh, Muelo Iosefa. And so when you have young linebackers and you put together that go ball throw behind with that climb route behind the linebackers, you're really putting stress on a defense. And this is part of why I was saying that Troy Taylor does such a fantastic job with his offense. He finds a way to stretch you kind of all over the field and attack the points at which you are not playing at the top of your game. And he makes it easy for his quarterbacks to make those reads and he gets uh, great offensive output as a result. And so 
Cal's linebackers uh, weren't in position to cover that over route. It had to be frustrating for coaches to sit there and, and watch them hit both those throw behinds and then the climb route on top of it. And as a result, they put th- Sac State in third down a lot, uh, but Sac State was converting some of those with those big throws. And those are big chunk plays down the field. And so as a defensive coordinator, that, that is hard to do. That's part of what I was talking about. You know, being good enough is not good enough. And so uh, defensive staff obviously trying to get on that because other opposing offenses are going to see that. And they're going to create plays, create scheme to take advantage of those same opportunities. The final thing, and this is the piece that would take care of a lot of that if Cal's defense could do it, and that is getting a pass rush. There were zero sacks for Cal's defense in this game. And so they have to find a way to get after the pass rusher, make him uncomfortable. That throw behind ball, you have to throw perfectly. It has to be, you have to lead the receiver just enough to stop him with the ball when you throw it. Or the go ball, if the defense is playing in position, you you have to make that quarterback throw the perfect ball every time. If you are getting pressure on the quarterback, moving him off of his spot, making him feel pass rush in his face, then it's hard for him to throw that perfect ball. And, and that's the last piece of that puzzle is that Cal has to find a way to get pass rush. Now, here's the math equation that needs to work out. In order to get pass rush, oftentimes, you're going to have to bring an extra guy, get those one-on-one matchups. To do that, you're going to have to be able to cover one-on-one over the top. Well, we talked about the go ball. We talked about the throw behind. How do you, if, if you don't trust yourself to cover that go ball or the throw behind, how can you commit an extra guy to the pass rush? And so that's where, as a defensive staff, it makes it difficult uh, to make those decisions and to find that scheme. And it's an issue of getting those guys reps, making them feel comfortable on those type of throws, but then finding a way up front to get that pass rush and find a way to win those one-on-one matchups. Because you can't expose your corners all day long and bring you know six guys and seven guys. You just can't do it. Somebody's going to win somewhere. Those guys get scholarships too. But finding a way to win the one-on-one matchup, wherever that is, on that defensive line is, is what has to happen. So Bears have to find a way to manufacture some pass rush. They have to find a way to cover those deep balls and those throw-behinds. And then the linebackers have to stay home and make some plays on those overruts. So that's a big one kind of on the defensive side of the ball. And they look at what was going on during that game. Offensively, I think uh, Bears, again, good output, 42 points on the board, a great kickoff return. So part of that was that huge kickoff return by Nico Remigio, so great special teams day. But um, Chase Garbers throwing the ball down the field, stretching the field. Once again, the Bears were incredibly successful in the first quarter. And I think so far this season they are 34-7, to seven, points for and against. So they, they have outscored opponents 34-7 to seven on the season. So they've been very good. Uh, in those first quarters early on. I think Billy Musgrave is doing a great job of scheming early on, kind of taking advantage of what defenses present as opportunities. Uh, but then they've hit some slow points in the middle of the game. You have to be able to run the football. At times, it felt like Sac State was stopping the run effectively. And so the Bears have to find a way to be more dominant up front and run that football, uh, especially early. Now, Billy chose to open up the run game by throwing the ball first in this past game. And they were successful and effective in that. And I thought Chase Garbers had another good game, two great games in a row. So TCU and then Sac State. The thing I want to see is I want to see Chase Garbers get rid of the unforced errors. There are a couple throws in the middle of that game where Chase did not have to make bad throws, but because he was hurrying himself, 
uh, he ended up throwing bad balls to his receivers. And you could see it at the time. You know, he'd clap his hands like, oh, I didn't have to do that. And so I'd like to see him take that final step in slowing down when he's feeling rushed enough to get his feet set and make the accurate throw. That's the final step for him. And he's done it in terms of throwing the ball down the field. He's gained some confidence doing that. He's had success doing that. Uh, and so he took some shots during the game with those deep balls down the field. Now he's got to get to that next level of when things start to break down, still don't hurry your stuff. Be in control, show some composure, and don't make that unforced error. And I think if he gets to that next step at that quarterback position, then the whole offense comes together because you have him making the checkdowns when he has to and doing it accurately and continuing drives, right? Pick, moving the sticks and picking up those, those tough third downs. And then you have those deep shots coming, which is great. You're stretching the defense. Now the running game underneath it all comes together because it's, it, the defense doesn't know where to hit you from because you're working in all three phases of the game on offense. So I think those are the big things coming together. Defense has to find a way to shore up some of those mistakes, uh, some of those weaknesses, because opposing offenses are going to pick on that coming up. If they see that, they're going to pick on it. Offense needs to find a way to convert a couple extra third downs uh, just by being composed in the moment. If they do that, then everything comes together. Now, I want to get to my interview with Coach Justin Wilcox. We talked about the game. He was very candid about what went on in the game, as always, a pro. But we're going to get into it and dive right in with Coach Wilcox breaking down kind of the overall picture of what happened that Sac State game. Uh, I felt like we had, uh, we had some good, good moments offensively, but we can definitely be better. Uh, special teams-wise, it was great to get the kick return. Obviously, that changes things uh, during a game. So pretty good job by the guys up front, obviously, and Nico making a, a big play on the return. The punter had a, a better day and the punt coverage unit as well. And uh, I still think there are some things we can clean up special teams wise. We still can get some more production out of uh, some of the guys playing on those units, but uh, showed some improvement there. And then defensively, uh, you know, really a day that we, we forced a lot of third downs. I think, uh, you know, 80, 85, mid 80s number of plays and 18 third downs. However, we gave up uh, way too many of those. And, uh, you know, the standard uh, you know, by which our guys expect to play and we expect them to play. We didn't quite meet that. Uh, I think Troy and uh, their offense did a fantastic job. They made some really good plays. They had good scheme as we knew that they would. And uh, their guys made some plays on the ball in the pass game. And uh, we just got to be much better there. And so the coaches have to do better and the players have to trend, uh, take the, the, the practice and apply it to the game. And uh, that's really the... The, uh, what came out of watching the tape uh, on Sunday and Monday. And you, you kind of made a couple points there. One is a lot of talent level. Now through transfer portal, you get guys that kind of transfer across. The FCS teams always kind of had those guys that were coming off of the D1, you know, the FBS teams to begin with. But now with the new transfer portal, you kind of get access to more talent at, at that lower level of FCS now. Yeah, I mean, they have some good players, no doubt. I mean, their receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks made some plays, the backs – you know, can do some things. And so, uh, and I, you know, it wasn't a uh, lack of, I don't think, want to on our part. And it wasn't a lack of respect. We knew they'd have good players and good schemes coming in. And uh, we just didn't execute very well, especially defensively, uh, mostly defensively. And so we've just got to be much better there. And uh, it's coaches and 
uh, players. Everybody's involved with that. And uh, so there were some good things. So we got to build on those, but we have plenty of things that uh, need to be addressed. And so you're obviously defense, your side of the ball and a, and a secondary member yourself, you know, a guy who played in the secondary talk about kind of what was going on. And we're going to show some film of this, but the, you know, the throw behinds and then that climb route that they were running. Talk about yeah. what the issue was there. Well, if it's uh, depends on the coverage, but um, I guess generally speaking, the one-on-one balls on the perimeter, uh, we were struggling to make play, uh, make, make a play on, you know, whether we uh, got in phase and didn't get our head around, um, whether we were too, whether we were uh, too high on the on the uh, receiver, where they threw the back shoulder behind us, um, you know, we had a couple PIs uh, again that we really are in good position, and there's no there's no need for a PI. We weren't trailing, you know, they weren't out of reach, so we've got to play with some better calm in those moments. Uh, and then a couple of the climb overs off play action is, you know, what we had seen from them prior. And if we were in uh, man or matching it, then we, we actually played that route okay. Where we got in trouble was the underneath coverage by the uh, inside linebackers and the nickels wasn't very good. Uh, again, applying practice to the game is what, what we kind of keep coming back to. And um, we had some really good pictures of it in practice. We struggled to apply those in the game, but – uh, whether it was the uh, inside linebackers, the nickel, uh, our eye control was poor. And uh, that's what opened up the windows in some of the play action crossing route game. And a huge part of that is confidence, right? You know, guys being confident enough to cover the go route, be in good position to make the play when it happens. And on that crossing route for a linebacker to drop into his zone and then be aware of what's going on around him, right? So with young linebackers, a confidence issue, an awareness issue, how much does does – that confidence or lack of confidence come into it? Well, I think, you know, it, all of this boils down to experience and demonstrated performance. You know, you have to go through those reps. You have to carry them over from practice to the game. Uh, and then once you get in the games what, and you uh, have success, you know, in that environment, that is what really builds confidence. You give yourself a head start by your preparation. That's first and foremost, how you practice during the week, you're prepared, you uh, understand what's being asked of you, uh, what the technique is, the effort that's obviously required. And then we have to, as uh, coaches and players, carry it to the game so they can build confidence. You know, it's, I think we talked about this last week. You, uh, true confidence comes from the demonstrated performance. You know, we can prepare and prepare and prepare, but that rehearsal has got to show up and you know, manifest itself in good play on Saturdays, regardless of what you did, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. So I, I imagine you, you're probably an outlier, but a lot of people can hit, uh, hit the ball straight on the driving range. You know, we got to be able to go do that when it's, when it's real. So oh, that's I'm not, where I'm not, I'm not an outlier. I, I, yeah, used to, okay. I, I would hit it great on the driving range. And then that's where my game, that's why I stayed around a six or a seven handicap. Cause I kept shaking it out of bounds. Yeah. So it's the same idea. I mean, we got to – the training and the rehearsal prepares you for the weekend, and then we have to carry that over uh, to the weekend. And I used to – so as – a as, you know, 5,000 pro snaps for me. I played 5,000 professional starting snaps. But every single year, I would throw back across my body for that one pick that I know I shouldn't do, and I make that mistake, and then it would be like, okay, check, did that. 
how much can those young players take from that experience, right? You take yeah. it away. It's like touching the hot stove and it's like, okay, next time I'm doing it the right way. I got to believe in what I'm being coached to do. That's what, that's what you're looking for. The ability to learn and process. And, um, you know, we always talk about make a new mistake. And uh, as long as we're making new mistakes, that's growth. What you want to stay away from is repetitive mistakes. You know, whether you're as a team or a, a player or a coach, that's uh, we got to steer clear of the repetitive mistakes. So, um, we think the guys that are out there have the ability uh, to do what we're asking them to do. And we got to continue to work with them during practice and help them understand the techniques so they can trust those and go out and perform on, on Saturdays. And so, you know, again, you never look down your nose at a loss. And so we, we've kind of harped on the negative here, but who were some of your high performers in the game? Obviously, there were players that showed up that played really well. Cam Good was all over the place to me once again. You know, he seems to be just a guy who's there every single day. Talk about the high performers on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think Cam uh, has been noticeable uh, the first three games. He's uh, made plays in the backfield. I still think he can be even better. And I bet you tell you the same thing. But Cam impacts the game. You know, he is a guy that can uh, rush the quarterback. He can make a tackle for a loss. He can tip a ball and uh, kind of a playmaker, you know, that's what, what Cam, in, he, Cam is. And he's, he's the one on defense right now that is really showing up. Um, I would say offensively, you know, the guys that got the game balls for us were two offensive linemen, Cindric uh, and Will Craig. And both those guys uh, graded out pretty, uh, pretty high and two weeks in a row. So really uh, pleased with their, their growth, especially in the pass protection. And this was a no sack game for us and uh i think they just they did a uh excellent job and then in special teams uh nico was the the guy awarded the game ball and uh he just obviously had a huge return uh, coming out of halftime and and really setting the tone for the second half yeah that huge return and you could see it from upstairs in the box like as soon as he caught the ball everything set itself up perfect for a really clean return on his his part and to follow that blocking was it was that was a great return that was great to watch yeah, yeah, and it really nicely done. Coach Ragel did a great job setting that up and uh, how they covered uh, the first kick, uh, made a, a small adjustment and really did a nice job executing the, the one at the start of the half there and got a touchdown out of it. Yeah, and, and you just mentioned, you said no sack game on offense, obviously, but no sacks on defense either, just to kind of touch back yeah. on that again. In a game versus Sac State, they're talented, but you would expect that you know your depth yeah. and your size would kind of at least get a couple sacks on the board. There's no doubt. Our uh, play up front, uh, again, especially in the pass game, needs to be better. It's not all coverage. You know, there's uh, obviously there were coverage issues that need to be fixed. We also have to rush the quarterback more effectively, whether we're rushing with four or five or who, how many ever rushers. We have to be more effective in the pass rush, impacting the quarterback, making it uncomfortable. Um, we had. Uh, uh, too many times where we had too many people above the quarterback and allowed him to step up into the pocket or and scramble or draw or throw the ball down the field. So uh, as a defensive front, you know, especially interior and the other edge, we got to do a better job rushing the quarterback. Because if you're going to play 85 snaps or whatever it was, and they're going to throw the ball that many times, we have to be able to affect the quarterback. One of the things as a player that kind of always struck me, until you get to that point where – 
for lack of a better term, there's no escape hatches on your, your technique, right? I, I'm doing the technique perfect. There's no escape hatch. It's not like I'm nervous. I'm holding back. I'm doing all that. I, I'm going to execute my technique 100% and commit to it. Where is the team in that point in terms of committing to that technique? And if they just trust it, that it'll happen. Yeah, I think uh, there's kind of person by person because we have some uh, we have some pretty veteran guys who have played a lot of snaps and understand how to get themselves focused and keep that focus very narrow and not see too much. You know, I think especially for young guys, they start seeing, hearing, looking for too many things. And uh, you really got to do a great job of narrowing that focus. And uh, the veteran guys and the guys that play at a high level have the ability to do that. They keep it very narrow. They know exactly what they're focused on and thinking about, and it's not 15 different things. And so uh, that comes with experience. It comes with focus. It comes with, uh, you know, that uh, muscle memory that you build from practice. And, uh, you know, the word you talked about, that confidence in uh, knowing you're going to make that play and you have the ability to do that. So, you know, we talked to them uh, Monday that, uh, you know, they the guys have the ability to do it. Um, there are some new guys and there's a lot of learning going on and we just have to, it's going to be team football for us. You know, it's, it's not like there's one guy's going to carry the team. You know, we have some really good players, no doubt, but it's got to be team football. So we need all 11 uh, firing on every cylinder uh, as many snaps as we can. And offensively, let's talk about your quarterback, Chase Garbers. Again, good game. You said threw some good balls and even those two post balls over the top, like I'm going to show that on film it's a little disruption against the receiver at the end, or those are pretty good balls. Like if it, people don't see that at home because they just see him missing long on a post, but when the corner just catches a piece of the receiver at the end or the receiver adjusts right at the end, you know, that's what happens. That's what it looks like. Talk to me about his play. Tell, tell me how you think he's evolving because two games yeah. in a row now, I think he's been pretty good. Yeah. I think he's uh, the last two weeks has been better and better. And uh, he still has some throws that I think he can make and, connect on but it is great to see him pushing the ball down the field and putting it in a spot where our guys can go get it you know whether it's uh you know the deep one to, to Jeremiah was a great throw uh the one to Tonjus I think second play of the game uh, you know had one to to Trayvon where he was on a, a play action a guy right in his face and he got it up and over the corner to Trayvon Clark and so uh it was great to see him continue to make some of those excellent throws he had some very very good timely scrambles and uh, I still think there's uh, some plays that he can even improve upon to where he's uh, playing closer and closer to that level that, that uh, I know he wants to play at. Yeah, slowing down at that unforced error stage, right? When yeah. you're free and getting your feet set to make those throws. I think of kind of the last piece for him, not hurrying himself at the end. Yeah, and then a couple of those throws where he maybe just got a little bit of a hurry on and uh, we didn't quite connect. And I think he can... He can make a couple of those and, uh, uh, you know, Bill's working with him daily and I think he's gotten better and better the last two weeks. So eager to watch him continue on that, uh, on that line, you know. No doubt about it. As a quarterback, I'm like, whew, good to see him. You know, I, I love watching my Cal quarterbacks excel and watching him do this really feels good, you know, to see him to make those throws and, and to come into his own here now in his senior years is pretty nice. Uh, let's talk about Washington. So we'll, we're going to flip the page now. You got the dogs this week. You're starting Pac-12 play. What's it like starting Pac-12 play for you? And then let's talk about UW. Well, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned it. On the road in Seattle, Husky Stadium, playing UW, Pac-12 conference opener. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. And we, uh, we, know, 
we know those guys well. You know, uh, we've uh, had some battles with them. We know what type of players they have there. They've recruited very, very well for a number of years now. And, uh, you know, defensively, they're always going to be salty. And offensively, the last two weeks, um, you know, they've gotten – they're playing their best football. I mean, this past week against Arkansas State, I don't know that uh, they had many negative plays at all. They moved the ball down the field with ease. And uh, so you really saw them kind of clicking. And so we know it's going to be a battle. When Washington is at their best, they're really running the ball first. They're, they're hammering the ball. And then they come off that with play action and other throws around it. I actually like Dylan Morris as a quarterback. I think he's a pretty good little quarterback. Um, they weren't able to run the ball against Montana very well watching that game. They come back versus Michigan, and, and they were kind of stifled. And then that second half, you know, it was 10 to 0 at half. They come back in that second half, and Michigan has that one big, long drive. And it kind of seemed like the game went downhill from there. Tell me about this offense as you look at it. What's it like compared to offenses of the past? And yeah, the first game, they didn't have all the receivers, right? They lose three guys coming in. So, you know, they shouldn't have lost to Montana, but they didn't have all their guys. Against Michigan, they're back. And then this against Arkansas State, they're back. What do they look like? Yeah, each and every week, uh, you could see the, the change and the differences. And I, I think you mentioned it. I know the Michigan game, maybe the score probably wasn't indicative of uh, how it could have gone. And uh, Washington has some, you know, they do a really good job with their run scheme. Uh, they got multiple run schemes. They also have some very, very talented wideouts. You saw last week, they also used the RPO game with, with Dylan Morris there. So they have a, uh, a variety and they are, I mean, really big up front. They're O-line. I mean, four of the five guys are all-conference players uh, at O-line. The tight end was a first-team all-conference player. The receivers are very talented. So they got players and uh, it's really kind of showed up last week and you watch them against Arkansas State and how they could create explosive plays and, as you mentioned, uh, when they're in rhythm, really run the ball. And defensively, when Washington's at its best, it feels like they're playing with 13 dudes. Like they're everywhere. You know, they're moving when you're not looking. They're, they're, they're kind of what a defensive coordinator wants to create is this confusion on the offense with an extra guy at the point of attack every time. What do they look like on film to you on defense this year? Yeah, again, very good. You know, Jimmy Lakes the def has a defensive background, as, as you know, and uh, they're going to be well coached. They got uh, Coach Gregory as their defensive yeah. coordinator, so they know what they're doing. Um, they run – you know, single high safety zone, single high safety man, some split safety zones. Uh, they got a pressure package that's really nice. So, and, and they have some uh, very, very talented guys. I think nine starters back, um, you know, the entire secondary, both inside backers, uh, three out of the four down guys. They give you multiple fronts, odd and even fronts. And so uh, they're, a, they're a talented group who's well coached. And so, but you've had success against Washington. You've, you've had something kind of for the dogs. Um, what has that been? And, and how do you replicate that this week? Yeah, there's no secret sauce in any of that. You know, it's, uh, <clears throat> we've had two very, very, uh, I mean, our uh, last two games have been very, very close, um, tough games. And uh, these are new teams. I mean, this, we have a new team. The dynamics are different on our team. I'm sure it's the same for them. And so really what's happened in the past uh, really doesn't matter, you know. And so I think what we're focused on is, you know, having a great week because this is a new team, a new opportunity, and we want to, our guys to make the most of it. Well, and lastly here before I let you go, I, I know you had uh, the Achilles injury 
at TCU. It's funny. I, I've seen several coaching injuries on the sideline. Usually people get run, any, run into your Achilles, an issue. How's it doing now? How's it feeling? Um, yeah, it's fine. I, I initially injured it in summer and then just uh, kind of a freak thing uh, down in TCU. And it is what it is. It's just uh, it's a uh, short-term inconvenience for me only. It won't impact anything that the team does on a day-to-day -day basis. So just something I have to to manage uh you know individually so it's and i saw a, you standing i saw you standing way back kind of away from the play was that tough for you kind of being back i mean you're on crutches so you got to stay away from kind of any activity coming at you yeah really just for the safety of the guy the players involved you know i'm expendable but the players need <laughs> we need the players healthy um yeah i just got to stay behind the ball if if possible and if i can't then i'll get kind of way out in front of it but yeah, again, no issues. And we, I mean, everything's by headset anyway. That's how we communicate on the sidelines. Uh, so really, uh, it wasn't any different than any other game other than maybe where I stood. Coach, appreciate you coming on today. Uh, as always, you know, a gamer. Let's get back after it this week. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Go Bears. Obviously, as the Bears enter Pac-12 play, the competition just gets stiffer from here. UW coming up. They're a team that's athletic, aggressive, attacking. Uh, they've had their own woes early on to start the season. But you got two teams that are hungry for a win and a Pac-12 win coming up. Coach Wilcox, always gracious to come on here and join us for the podcast. So let's look at some of the highs and lows for Cal last game versus Sac State. Obviously, they're going to have to pick up their game and play better versus Washington. Uh, that Michigan score, as Coach pointed out, the first part of the game didn't feel like that. Second part of the game, there were some turnovers, uh, turnovers on downs, and Michigan cranked it up. They had a big long drive in that first series of the second half it seemed to me took the wind out of Washington but that is a good talented Huskies football team uh, and they are looking for a conference win as well remember everybody in the north starting fresh um, in terms of conference except for Stanford who already played USC but going after that conference title for the north so they can get to that championship game and so the road starts with game one Cal versus Washington this week they're going to have to put together their A game to come into this one and get it done. Uh, and so you may look for adjustments. Uh, not a lot of injuries coming out of Sac State, which is always a good thing. But the coach is going to have to find a way to shore up some of those spots that we pointed out earlier on uh, and find a way to get guys playing at a high level uh, in that defensive secondary and in pass coverage, as well as tackling the run. Washington, as we pointed out, is good when they can run the football. So I will have a Washington preview coming up later on in the week, and we will talk all about the dogs. But for today, I appreciate you coming and watching. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. As always, go Bears.